Welcome to Postscript. I'm Beth Capello. And I'm Christina Ziders. And we have a special guest here today for you. Yes, we are welcoming back Helen Widowson. Now, Helen, you were with us um, in season one, and we are so happy to have you here today. Well, thank you for having me again. Welcome. So previously, when you were on the podcast in season one, we touched on your event planning role at WITF located in central Pennsylvania. You have an event coming up for All Creatures Great and Small season three, you said. So can you tell us more about this event? Sure. So this year's event um, is is uh, the screening, but it's complemented by an authentic Yorkshire pub dinner, which is going to have live music, um, a cocktail hour, and some fun pub trivia. Awesome. That sounds like so much fun. I'm excited about it being a little more laid back than last year's. Last year's was a little more proper. Yes. Last year, we had a proper Yorkshire dinner. This year, we are definitely going to kick back a little bit more. The um, aesthetics are a little bit different. Although we're in the same location as last year, which is the beautiful Stiegel Stable, which is part of uh, the Elizabeth Furness Group, and that's in Lidditz. And uh, you drive up, and you can't really see the venue when you drive up into the parking lot. But once you do, it really does look like Yorkshire. Like that's what struck me about it in the first place uh, for last year's event. So we decided to try to go with them again this year. And I'm happy to say that worked out. So it, you know, that's half the battle is having the venue give the look that I want um, for all the aesthetics of the event. And that one, uh, Siegel Stable certainly does that. Um, So when people enter, I'm not going to give too much away because that spoils <laughs> like the oh my gosh look you know so but I'll, I'll give a little bit away like you're going to walk into um the drover's pub for lack of a Ooh. better description um and when you walk in um there won't be tablecloths to the floor it'll be a much more pub-like um uh, area that you'll enter, but it will also be comfortable and formal as well, um, although not pinky raising formal. <laughs> we will have tea and we can raise our pinkies at the end when we have um, a wonderful dessert, but um, it will look uh, very similar to the scenes that you see in the in the Drover's Pub uh, in the series. So Tristan would feel comfortable at this one. Absolutely. <laughs> Tristan loves the Drover's Pub. And we're hoping that people might sing along with the live music we have planned. So that's also very exciting. Oh, Oh, that's awesome. Um, So we we watched this episode together before we started recording. And you mentioned that you knew a lot about Mrs. Hall's Jell-O cake that she made for Tristan's birthday. Can you tell me more about that? So it's amazing to me in this this series how much Jell-O and gelatined things pop up (laughs) Mm -hmm. in scenes. Um, And that's why I sort of honed in on this this time. So remember during the Tricky Woo episode when we were discussing cat foot jelly? We can't not not know Tricky Woo. Of course we remember Tricky Woo. So and it's next. So it turns out um, that any kind of jellied dinnerware mold was only ever part of the elite that huh. was to have a dinner. So it didn't. It wasn't in a normal household. So and that's because, as we discussed before about these jellies, they were from rendering collagen from animal bones and then clarifying them, which was 
completely time-consuming. So gelatin indicated that you had a staff large enough to spare time to actually do this. When we fast-forward to the 1930s, uh, there were uh, when Jello, the actual Jello brand, became popular, people were starting to utilize it in okay. their cooking because it saved so much time and it created this this wobbly fun dessert. So Mrs. Hall's Jello creation, which was referenced twice in this episode, mm-hmm. uh, with Tristan saying, "But I've made blanc melange." So blanc melange <laughs> was is a Jello that's made with milk. Kind of has a custardy kind huh. of feeling. But it's definitely a domestic achievement. So, you know, if you didn't know this, you could see the the disappointment on her face that he was not going to partake of this because he was oh. he was <laughs> consuming liquids at that point. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, but the amazing thing about this Jello is that you could make it for ten cents a box and look and feel extravagant. Okay. And so, perhaps maybe some of us that are older remember family gatherings where. Some aunt or somebody came in with a Jello mold creation. Uh-huh. Like I never ate them because I was never excited about Jello creations. But <laughs> a friend of mine posts um, aspects all the time to yes. her Facebook feed, like from the 1950s, and I'm always horrified by most of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm, oh, I'm wow. not a fan, but they were certainly big, and Jello's still around because, as you know, you in the grocery store, you still see it on. There's the like shelf. a whole yeah. wall of Jello at the grocery. Store. I cannot eat Jello. It's yeah. I'm a texture person. It's a texture that thing. texture just mm-mm, no. I, Thanks. Like sweet Jello, I'm used to because I grew up eating it. But like the idea of a savory food in Jello just weirds me out so much. It does. And it I, does. I mean, I would try it if it was put in front of me. I would try it, but I'd feel like I wouldn't like it. Yeah, and I've never really understood Jello shots. So because oh. that's from another. That's from a generation I'm not I was, a part of. I was uh, so my st- like I have a story of um, Jello shots, and my friend was like, "Here, take a Jello shot." This is so weird. We were in. We were in the parking lot going to an event, and we popped open the trunk of her minivan, and <laughs> she pulled out a sheet of Jello shots. <laughs> I don't know. It was really weird. She was, like, going to a party after, I guess. She goes, do a Jello shot with me, and I tried. I tried. It was uh, in there. The and texture. This, like, I tried just throwing it to the back of your throat because like then, like, the texture and swallowing it whole. <laughs> Apparently, that's the way you're supposed to do it or something. Oh. So I just tried, and then I was like, uh, 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 and just spit it right out in the grass. It was, no, it was yeah. I definitely chew I my Jello shots. I, you I, chew them? Yeah, I do. I mean, oh. I, I can't. Like I a big hunk of jelly stuff going down my throat sounds really unpleasant. So, I mean, they are yeah. tasty if, if you're not adverse to the feel of Jello. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, I, I, I'm not a fan of the texture, though. <laughs> I admit, I'm I'm much more like Tristan. I take my shots in liquid form. In liquid form. form so. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer that, too, now. So, Helen, after watching this episode, and of course, you are a lover of all creatures, great and small. You do amazing jobs on events and everything. What is something that you know about all creatures, great and small, that you'd like to let our listeners know? So... One of the things that I'm always attracted to in any in any series that's on Masterpiece is the production design and the aesthetics of how they recreate a time period or an event within the series or, or just daily life. And one of the things um, I'm sure some of the viewers have noticed is the appearance of the color red. Like mm-hmm. in so many scenes, there's this little pop of red. 
And if you're wondering why that is, I did a little digging and I found out. And so, is it, it's not as simple as it's the color of Masterpiece. <laughs> no. No, it actually has nothing to do with that, okay. I have oh, to awesome. say. It's actually all about the production designer for All Creatures Great and Small. Her name is Jacqueline Smith. And most of the scenes that you see in the series right now are kind of earthy tones because you're in the Yorkshire Dale. So yes. there's green, there's stone, there's right. mud, there's dirt, there's farms. But <clears throat> the production designer, who admittedly has a love of baking and warmth, decided oh. she needed to offset it with something. So there's a particular Yorkshire artist painter, and his name is Simon Palmer. And all of his paintings have a flash of red in them. Oh. So oh. She, d she was inspired by that. And I don't know if you remember me talking the last time I was on that some of my events start with one key inspiring element. element. And for her, it was the pops of red in his paintings. And she was inspired by that. So she decided, well, let me bring in these warm, buttery colors um, into the house at Skeldale and into other scenes uh, within the within the series. And so she uses her own red hues wherever she sees fit. And I mean, you saw in this series, there was even a scarf that somebody laid down uh, during the, the calf delivery that was maroon oh, like yeah. it was even in the barn there was a slash of red so okay. so hopefully by me telling you this you'll now Notice you'll now it. pay attention We're and go, have there's red in. again there's red again and that's what i know this time yeah so. we had discussed uh not on the podcast but during our discussion beforehand that Helen wears a lot of maroon. So that's one way that they're incorporating it too through the, the clothing. That's exactly it. And the way the designer described it, it's like her little cherry on top. And oh, I feel nice. the same way about my events. I do something within an event. And I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing in this pub event to put that little cherry on top to, to just pull it all together and make people feel um, warm and cozy and comfortable. Well, now Beth and I have to figure out what the cherry is. <laughs> I know. We're going to I'm not going to tell you. Okay. You know. But when It'll you're watching, when you're watching, don't you don't you feel like when you see the the scenes in Skeldo House that you want to sit there on the couch yes. and have a cup of tea? Oh or, yeah, it's yeah. real warm and cozy yeah. and comfortable looking. Yeah, 100% I want to so be that's, there. <laughs> so she did her job then because it makes you feel like you want to crawl into that scene and be with the people. Yeah. yeah. That's mm -hmm. great. Yeah, she's great. All right. Well, thank you, Helen, for being on our podcast again and talking to us about All Creatures Great and Small, your event planning, and giving us a little bit of tidbit on the red in Masterpiece. And now Christina and I are going to have to keep, like, tallies or something. We have to do something. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tristan would turn it into a drinking game. So let's not do that because then this podcast will just fall apart. <laughs> It'll get a little sloppy. <laughs> but remember, remember at the end of this of this episode, he did say we should have went to the bar in the beginning. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yep, very Avoided true. the whole thing. <laughs> exactly. No, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Of course. All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll talk to you about the episode. Support for all creatures, great and small, on Masterpiece is made possible locally by WITF members and by Pleasant View Communities, UPMC, Murray, and Argiers Marathi Neurosurgical Associates of Lancaster. 
Welcome back. Uh, we're talking about season two, episode four of All Creatures Great and Small. Its title's actually called Many Happy Returns. Yes, and it's Tristan's birthday, and he has quite the emotional roller coaster ride this episode. That is very true. And in true Tristan fashion, he seems to bounce back quickly, or he's just gotten really good at pushing his Siegfried induced trauma down quickly after it happens. <laughs> he must be really good at that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this poor guy. So before we get into the episode, we want to remind you that we'd like to hear from you. Yes, tell us why you like watching All Creatures Great and Small. Is it because of the animals, the set design? Is there something you took your own closer look at after watching an episode? Send us your thoughts at postscript at WITF.org. That's P-O-S-T-S-C-R-I-P-T at WITF.org. And if you'd like to be a guest on Postscript, when we cover season three, send us a short video or voice note telling us why you love all creatures great and small. So on that note, should we get started? Yes, let's get into it. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> so overall, my quick little summary is that it is Tristan's birthday. So, of course, there's a cause for celebration. Of course. Of course. And Helen and James finally talk about the Glasgow job. Yes, this has been like looming over them for a few episodes now. It has been. Yeah. That's very true. Very true. So, of course, Tristan's like the youngest. I feel he's him. Baby. Here's my kinship with him. <laughs> he's the youngest. He's a baby. Birthday is a huge deal. So we start <laughs> with Tristan opening a present. Um, and he's surrounded by his family, James, yeah. Mrs. Hall, and Siegfried, right? I love that James is part of the family and Mrs. Hall. It makes sense to us. It does it make does. sense. It's it a does. big, happy family. They are. They're family. <laughs> So he opens a gift, and it's this beautiful bag. With his him. name. With his name, T.S. Farnan. Right. Which we find out that his middle name is Sebastian. Oh, is that? Is yes. That so? <laughs> he says it um, later on in the episode. Okay, okay. I but missed it's that. Tristan Sebastian Farnan. Oh, I love it. I know. It was really cute. <laughs> I like that. It sounds It sounds very nice. And it has his credentials behind it. So yes. So what is it? M-R-C-V-S. Yes. Do you know what that stands for? I looked it up. Ooh. Member of the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons. Oh, wow. Yes. Fancy, fancy. <laughs> yeah, he's fancy now. Yeah. So <laughs> when I saw that bag, I, I know you're going to say, oh, my gosh, Beth, why? But I thought, like, when is it? When is he going to find out that he failed his <laughs> right. exams? That's just like, right. like, it's a deep, dark secret. It is. And Siegfried's been keeping it really long now. Yeah. Like, what? Months. Four months. Four months, I mean, almost well, it five was, months? It was April, a yeah. couple episodes, like in the beginning. Right. It was so Easter. It was four or five months. We're on like episode four now, so yeah. it's got to be good. later than April. I don't know. Yeah. He's been keeping it since Christmas. Yes. Anyway. It's a very long time. <sighs> so they talk about that. Tristan gets his own list from Siegfried. Yes. He gets a promotion. He gets yep. his own list. <laughs> exactly. He's finally getting like an opportunity for independence here. Yeah. And he's so proud. Yes, he's so <laughs> proud of himself, and James is going to tag along in case anything goes wrong, which is a yeah. I, I would think say that's a good, a good idea. Yeah, it's good that he yeah. has some supervision. Exactly, and definitely not Siegfried who runs after Tristan, making sure <laughs> he has everything he needs. Tristan, Tristan, Tristan let me help you. would absolutely hate that. James is a much better choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. True. Siegfried <laughs> is such a control freak. And so then we have Mrs. Hull talking to James. About Helen and how he really needs to kind of tell her Out about with it. the job in Glasgow. And yes. I can't believe he hasn't told her yet. <laughs> Out with it. Yes. Out with it, boy. Yes, okay. exactly. <laughs> like he needs to get this out. 
So James and Tristan go off to the estate to do these horses. They have to file down horses' teeth. Yeah. No Rasping. idea about that. Yeah. Rasping, yeah. Is that I think what it's what called? It's called. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> but okay. So he... Um, Mr. Bef- Munkham is like really unimpressed with Tristan. Yeah. He's, he's like, like, we're Siegfried. Super or where's Farnan? <laughs> I'm Farnan. <laughs> I know. He's like, um, I'm Farnan. He's right here. And he's just like, well, why are you here? And why is like James here? And why isn't Siegfried here? But right. Okay. Siegfried kind of knows, like he's a good vet. So he knows like, we'll just keep going. That's fine. <laughs> and then like this episode jumps around so much. We go to the Skeldale house and then the puppy that he worked on, like he gave surgery for yeah, something. Yeah, some minor surgery. Say. It yeah. was a, like a lipoma or a cyst of some kind. Yeah, I guess. And then, and then, the, like the whimpering. I can't the do the whimpering. Is so sad. I really can't. Yeah. I'm like, please stop. Like I can't do the whimpering. But he's just like, he's it, fine or she's fine. It's just the barbiturates leaving the system. Exactly. Yeah. And then Mrs. Hall talks about going to the butchers, and that um, Siegfried really needs to leave Tristan alone. On his birthday, oh, yes. on like, his first day out. You said he'd do it himself. Let him prove himself. Exactly. Yep. And he really does. And I mean, like, James is with him. He should be fine. Yeah. James he, is there as He backup. is in very good hands. Yeah. There's no reason for Siegfried to go mm-hmm. and, no, and check up on Other than he them. wants to meddle because he just can't let go of control. Exactly. <laughs> what a control freak. <laughs> <laughs> so then we cut to James and Tristan. Uh, James is giving Tristan a little bit of a pep talk walking through the courtyard. Yes going to the horse stalls and we notice a new person a beautiful blonde a beautiful she's beautiful she and <laughs> she really is and it, margo seabright saunders yep margo yep. she margo. even has a fancy name i love that name it's if i had a girl name. that was on our name list oh yeah Mar- yes margo would they have been fancy they would have been pinky <laughs> up lady i don't know she'd probably be playing in the mud so it's all good that's how we do it here well i mean margo is a horse rider so she probably does get muddy too yeah that's yeah. very true but yeah so um we meet her for a quick second and then we go to the horse barn where um tristan is filing a horse's teeth right and margo yep. arrives and we meet her and tristan kind of talks to her oh and tries gosh, showing so- off well, he's so awkward, though. He's, like, obviously very nervous around her because he mentions that she's out of his league, essentially. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's trying to show off. He's like, yep, fully credentialed now. And she's like, okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Bye, weirdo. I'm going to make sure my horse is ready in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's, like, so trying to flirt with her, and it's just not working. He's, he's kind of in James' shoes now. Yes. Very awkward. Yes. Yeah. I 100% <laughs> agree with that. Yeah. And so Mr. Monkham leaves the barn and James reassures Tristan, like, you're doing a good job after we find out that the horse named Satan. I love it. <laughs> this is I feel like we're at your house because you would name your so, animals exactly who Baba, they are. Baba Yaga, my dad calls Hellcat. So <laughs> I was like, oh, this is the Baba Yaga of the horse world. <laughs> I feel like if I called Cookie Satan, she would like more be She'd worse be like, towards me. She, yeah, yeah, she, yeah. I love that. We need to get that on. Oh, I need a picture of you doing that, please. Um, so then we go back to the Skeldale house. It's lots of back and forth this time. I know. Back at the Skeldale house. It's like every two minutes, I swear. But um, so Siegfried is just kind of twiddling away at his 
at his desk. He's pretending he, to be busy. Yeah, but he's like, I need something to do. Yeah, I need to go check he's on He's basically Tristan. a big fidget. Yes. He's just one big fidget right now. Exactly. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you on that. <laughs> so he says he's going to go check on Tristan. Mrs. Hall says, no, you shouldn't again. Right. Reiterate. Nope. And what does he do? He leaves. He leaves. With, with a spare rasp. Yep. With that is the, the reason, quote unquote. Oh, yeah. Just in yeah. case he needs it. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. And then, well, the dog um, needs some company. Yeah, the dog is lonely. That's why it's whimpering so much. It's, yes, it's, it's lonely and needs dog. some company. And I'm like, okay. And then he says, maybe Jess will hang out with it. And I was like, where's Jess? Where's Jess? <laughs> I love We're Jess. excited about Jess. Why is she not here? And where is she? Right. This dog, I think you said the name was George. Oh, the, the actual Previously, dog. the actual yeah. dog yeah, actor George. is George. We, like... Must be super popular, very well trained, and on a ton of other TV shows or That's movies. That's possible. I said maybe it, it's possible that the two dogs didn't get along as well. Yeah, you're thinking but like I think that's TV probably... show-ish. I'm thinking like background, where is this dog? <laughs> it must have other jobs. Just on an adventure, okay? Jess is on an adventure. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. So we cut back to <laughs> Satan's, Satan's horse, horse stall. <laughs> Tristan and Satan are... Face to face, right? Yeah. So Tristan goes in calmly. Really? Then he gets a little confident and Satan decides to freak out and <laughs> kick him. And it looks like it hurt. Oh my like, gosh, it looks like it really I hurt. I felt like he broke his kneecap. Oh, really? You felt yeah, that? Yeah, I felt like I felt it in my knee. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but, Your poor knee. <laughs> <laughs> Tristan takes it like a champ, though. Yes, he does. He's just like, you know what? We're going to keep going. James offers to tag in. And Tristan's like, nope, I got this. Then we go to the car when he's done. And Tristan confesses that he thought he broke his kneecap. I I felt it in my knee. I know. And could have passed out at any moment. (laughs) And James is like, you could have let me take over. And then Tristan goes on and on about how Siegfried would have loved that. Right. Like, no, no, you have to take care of the animal first. A good vet doesn't back off and hits the animal first. Exactly. (laughs) Like Siegfried just wants to see Tristan fail is how Tristan feels. Yeah. yeah. That's how he feels. kind of the, that's the history though. Exactly. Exactly. And so um, then we see as they leave, Siegfried comes in. (laughs) Right. But. It's raining, and the all top. of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's raining. Yeah. It was not raining in the horse stall, right? But now, and when they were talking outside of the car, it wasn't raining. Right. And then when they leave, it's, it's raining. raining. It's like a continuity error here. <laughs> it's got to be, or like some kind of error with the, <laughs> the, the filming and the timeline. So it's raining. I mean, maybe that driveway we must have been really to, long. Maybe we weren't supposed to notice the rain, and that's why his top was down. Maybe oh, we weren't supposed to notice. I don't know. But then, <laughs> And then Siegfried rolls up in his car with his yep. top down, yep. and Always. it's raining. Yeah. This is also recurring because— And he's just like, this is happening. It's okay. That's how James was driving that car, too, Yeah, in uh, the, the last season. It was. Yeah. We need to figure out—and somebody please help, like, email us and let us know if you know anything about, like, if they just had to do this in the rain. You know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, did yeah. they just always, like, does it rain a lot in the Yorkshire Dales? We should probably look that up. It probably does. It probably <laughs> does because rain just, uh, you know, you got to, the filming must go on. So <laughs> anyway, we go back to the clinic. Tristan and James are there and they ask where Siegfried went. Mrs. Hall, she tries to be sparing on the details, <laughs> right. right? She's like, oh, he went out. She tries to cover it for him. She tries. And then they just confess. She confesses, says he went to go catch up with Tristan. And then he comes in. Trist- Siegfried comes in. 
And James is like, we missed you at the estate, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Awkward. (laughs) I know. Siegfried says, like, he was saw Mr. Monkham and chatted with him for a minute. There were no bad, like, no comments. It's just like, just move quicker next time. Right. Like, you took your time. Yeah. Next time, move quicker. And, like, he can't praise Tristan for anything. (laughs) I know. I feel so bad for Tristan because it's like he's always, always looking for a pat on the back. And of course, Siegfried just never gives him one. He wants an acknowledgement for the fact that he did a good job. Exactly. Exactly. The dynamic between those two is like it's quite painful to watch sometimes. Yeah, it is actually. It is. I feel bad for Tristan. I also feel for Siegfried. Like I am Siegfried sometimes, (laughs) so I get it. But oh, just praise the boy. (laughs) I know. I know. So then the phone rings and we find out that. That the Dobson's heifers in labor and it's not progressing. So Siegfried sends off Tristan. Tristan's going to go and do this, but he mentions to James that um, he needs to go and see the Aldersons. Right, the the horse that's in hell. Yes, yeah, the horse and the horse and the Andersons fall. So he also mentions to James that they should sit down and talk about like improvements. Oh yeah, in the practice. And I'm like, why is Siegfried being very, nice today? Very exciting for James. Yeah, but like, yeah. why is Siegfried being nice? I don't know. No. He's given Tristan this thing. Like, is it because Tristan's birthday? I don't know. It was a little fishy. <laughs> it was a little fishy. It is out of character. It is. So, and you know, so they go, and well, when Tristan's leaving, um, he gets in the rover. Because Siegfried also gives him the rover. Yeah. He gets in the rover and drives off and then comes back because he has uh, driven in the wrong direction. He goes wrong direction. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Tristan. (laughs) And Mrs. Hall is like, James, why don't you go check on him after you're done at the Aldersons? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So then Tristan goes and um, he actually goes through the forest. Yeah, he and I always worry. I always worry when they're filming about cars, and I'm like, "What's going to happen to this car?" Yeah, yeah, that's legit. Yep, exactly. <laughs> he sees Margot on Satan. <laughs> yes, I can't get over that name, <laughs> he, Satan. He tails her. Yes. Just very casually. I'm driving through the forest. Yep, just stops and sits by the car and goes, "Yeah, this is a great car, isn't it?" Doesn't deny that it's his. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't say. He doesn't confirm or deny. Yeah, so, yeah. And then invites her to a dinner party where she finds out that Helen is also going to be there. Right. That would be great like to catch little, up with her. That was a little foodie dangled in front of her. <laughs> it was, and so she's like, "Sure, okay." And yep. then he nervously goes, you can show up at 730 or, or, or 8, 8 or whenever. Or, or whenever. <laughs> his, so smooth. he was like a little smooth and then all of a sudden just threw it right yep. out the window. <laughs> You're like, OK, Tristan. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I feel for him. He's usually very confident. He's out of his element with her. He is. He very much mm-hmm. is. So at the Aldersons, James is with the horse and helping out. We find out that it's Helen and Jenny's mom's horse, Candy. She gave birth, has a foal, but she's doing well. And then we see Helen and James kiss. Yeah. Oh, it's so, so sweet. So sweet. They're, they're becoming a real couple now. They, they feel are. comfortable. They are. Yeah. And then Helen mentions about how he could have gone soft had he stayed in Glasgow any longer. Right. Because he was saying he liked having nights off, liked getting a exactly. full night's sleep. Yeah. And that's like the perfect segue into I was offered a job in Glasgow yeah. and yet he does no, not he's just say afraid anything. to bring it up. He feels like, awkward. I know. It's like, come he on. I don't think he really knows what he wants to do yet either. Yeah, so, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, he's still thinking about it. So then we see Tristan at the Dobson farm, and he's <laughs> trying to deliver this 
calf. Right. Yes. Put and he's on quite a show. Oh, yeah. yeah. So dramatic. His shoulder arm deep is, again. Yeah, shoulder yeah. deep. At least it wasn't as graphic as <laughs> James true. did it. But he is shoulder deep in there. Oh, my gosh. The pelvis is so long. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Here comes a contraction. And he's like, oh, my wincing. arm. Yeah. Like, Mr. Dobson feeds him tea. <laughs> he, like... Puts he it down in front of his face. This. Yeah. <laughs> he is milking this. So, like, he's so dramatic about it. So then we go um, back to the Skeldale house where Helen shows up with Mrs. and trying to help out with Mrs. Hall. Yeah, she arrives early because she's punctual and helpful. Exactly. <laughs> Sounds a little bit like me. Um, <laughs> and then they talk about how... Um, Siegfried is being really nice <laughs> and out of character. Yep. Yeah. And I am not the only one who noticed that. They noticed it as well. Yeah. And then Mrs. Hall actually reveals that James was offered a position in Glasgow. Right. It comes up in conversation very casually, but Helen has no idea because exactly. he has not talked to Helen yet about exactly. it. Exactly. And he yeah. could have literally two minutes prior. And but he didn't. Mrs. Hall, well, Two odd. minutes in the in the odd, show. Yeah. Uh, oh, very odd. Um, cat just kind of glazes it over and mm-hmm. like she handles it pretty well, but you can tell that Helen's thrown by this. Yeah, exactly. We cut back to the cow, the newborn calf. Yeah, yeah. Tristan didn't he mess did anything it. up, <laughs> but he does reveal to James that he was making it all up. Yep, he was, he was putting was on being, a show. Yep, he was just putting on a show, <laughs> and he's hoping for a rave review from Siegfried. And maybe that he'll finally think I'm not a hopeless cause. And James argues that Siegfried is proud of Tristan, right? right? But there's no evidence of this because Siegfried never praises Tristan. He always just criticizes. Exactly. Yeah. And that... Oh, that dynamic. Oh, yeah. It's it's a pretty painful dynamic, and I like Siegfried's trying to be the father figure, but really he's a brother, and it's just mm-hmm. it's not a comfortable situation. <laughs> exactly. Not at all. All right. On that note, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about Tristan's dinner party for all his right. birthday. All right. Sounds great. Support for all creatures, great and small, on Masterpiece is made possible locally by WITF members and by Pleasant View Communities, UPMC, Murray, and Argiers Marathi Neurosurgical Associates of Lancaster. Welcome back. And we are going to start talking about Tristan's dinner party. Yes, I'm so excited. Are yeah. you ready to hear oh, about yeah, it? Party time. Let's do it. All right. So James and Tristan arrive at the Skeldale house. They see that Helen is helping Mrs. Hall. Siegfried is on the phone with Mr. Dobson. Yes. And Tristan quickly approaches him to see if he gets anything. And he gets nothing. Nothing. (laughs) Not a single word of praise. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Like, come on, Siegfried. You could be nicer to Tristan. put on a show there. Exactly. (laughs) Well, it's very hot or cold because he's nice to Tristan and then he doesn't praise Tristan. So it's like, this is... Yeah. It's it's too much. He really, like, Siegfried needs some social cues. It's it's whiplash. It's emotional (laughs) whiplash. (laughs) It's emotional whiplash. (laughs) Whiplash. Poor Tristan. Yeah. So the guests continue to arrive. Mrs. Brompton shows up, who's Diana, for um, for Siegfried. Siegfried, Right. And I did a closer look at Blue Ruin because I've never heard of Blue Ruin before, but she arrives with Blue Ruin for the girls. Yeah. And uh, Blue Ruin is a gin, a robust, assertive juniper forward blend Mm. that appeals to traditionally minded gin drinkers. This is from Gin Brew. 
Um, it refers to a less than flattering term used by anti-spirits prohibitionists, like people who didn't want people to drink, uh, during the gin craze that followed England's glorious revolution. So... Closer look inside a closer look. Oh, yes. I love it. <laughs> the gin craze uh, happened in the first half of the 18th century. Um, by 1727, England consumed 5 million gallons of gin per year. What? And I didn't write it down. I wish I would have. I think the population was 6 million. <laughs> so that is oh a my lot gosh. of gin. And um, the Glorious Revolution referred to the Bloodless Revolution of 1688. That resulted in the deposition of James II and the ascension of his daughter Mary II and her husband William III to the throne. So yeah, uh, so Blue are we Ruin, going back to the other closer look? Now? Yeah, yes. Now we're going back to Blue Ruin. Uh, it was the evergreen notes, which would be the jun- juniper, were rounded out with herbal notes of rosemary and thyme. Ooh, so it sounds really delightful. I it love does. gin. Yeah, so we that need caught a bottle my interest. I would. Really like to drink some blue I ruin. I don't think I've ever drank gin before. Oh, it's it's it tastes like pine tree. Does it? Yeah, it tastes very piney. Have you eaten pine trees before? It tastes you, like. Why it, do well, you okay, know what smells, pine tastes like? It tastes like pine tree smell. I oh, guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, apparently, I have imbibed juniper infused. Okay. Spirit. So I kind of do know what a pine tree tastes there like. There you go. Because it tastes like gin. There you go. <laughs> we will we will have to get that and try it. We should have had it today. Sorry, oh, guys. That would have been so good. <laughs> yes, it would have been. Um, and then after Diana shows up, Marco shows up. And Mrs. Mm-hmm. Saul's like, who are you? And then, but she comes oh, in. Oh, she like introduces herself with her full name. <laughs> yes. Margo Seabright Saunders. Is Seabright her middle name? I don't know. See, there is a tradition, at least in America, where maiden names get pushed to middle names when um, a mother gave birth to a child. So yes, I don't know my maiden was, name is my middle name. So I don't know if it's that same thing. Like maybe her mother's maiden name was Seabright. Huh. Because it doesn't sound like a middle name, really. Like a no. maiden name. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Bright C, Seabright. Either way. <laughs> so I'm not sure. But she gives Mrs. Hall the flowers and a drink. But then <laughs> she goes to take it away because Mrs. Hall is not Mrs. Farnan. Right. And like, how rude. Right. And Mrs. Hall's like, no, I'll put these in water. <laughs> yeah. She's like, um, I'll take them. Mrs. No, Hall's the, like, what? These are my flowers. This is correct. I worked very hard. Yep. <laughs> I made the dinner for tonight and I put this all together for Tristan. So, right. yes, yeah, I will take this. Super rude. Exactly. I, I <laughs> thought it was for Margot, too. Yes, very much. <laughs> And then, and then you see Margot and Helen catching up about Hugh. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, Margot. Margot was clearly Hugh's friend first. Yes, <laughs> you could definitely tell. And like, she's just like, I'm so upset about how you guys broke off the wedding. He's and also, so it's embarrassed. Like, he can't show his face. I know. And it's just like, what? Like, she is throwing so much shade yeah. at Helen. Poor Helen. I don't understand it. I mean, I know that that's very embarrassing being left at the altar, but like, like it happens and like eventually you just have to get over it and like you're going to meet someone new. So it's going to be, you're Hugh, you're going to meet someone new. Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) Hugh, you'll meet someone new. (laughs) (laughs) But like, come on, Margo, you don't have to be rude to Helen. You haven't seen her in forever and you're, the first thing you're going to say is bring that up. Right. It could just be, how are you doing? Not, (laughs) I feel awful. It's not about you. Right. And um, Diana speaks up when um, Helen's behalf. Yes. She kind of sticks up for her, says it wasn't an easy thing for you to do and it's best that you like pulled the bandaid off, like basically backing up Helen, what she said. 
about she had it would have just gotten worse. Yeah. And I think that's so. when Margo's like, hmm, okay. okay. I've learned Makes something sense. today. Exactly. <laughs> um, but then James finds out, like, you know, Margo knows Hugh beforehand. And then in that same conversation with Tristan, Tristan complains that Siegfried said next to nothing about, like, his assignments that he had for the day. Right. He was expecting something. Something. Literally anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so everybody's at the dinner table. Siegfried at the head of the table, as always. Of course. And Diana offers that Tristan should sit at the head of the table instead. <laughs> it's his birthday, after yes. all. But it's like, I... I so <laughs> all, three, yeah, yep. all three of the guys stand up. All three of them stand like, up. Why all how, three of them? How do we do this? Um, You just switch <laughs> seats. Like, like that's, right. Yeah. Mrs. Hall is so nice and calm about things. I'd be like, right. what's wrong with why you? Why don't you two switch? My sarcasm would <laughs> very much explode in that moment. But, like... I was also wondering why, like, Siegfried is being nicer. And, like, is that because of Diana? Is Diana making him nicer? Oh, that's a possibility. I thought it was guilt. Oh. I feel like the guilt is eating away at him, and he feels like he has to put up or shut up. And it's, like, tearing him apart because now he has to pretend, like, Tristan passed, but he knows he didn't pass. Yeah. It's too much for him to handle. (laughs) Yeah, he definitely has something going on. So that's a good one, though. Is it the guilt that's influencing him to be nicer to Tristan? Or is it Diana influencing him to be nicer? It's interesting that you got a different take on that. I did. And yours was the love romance. And mine's (laughs) like, no, he's just feeling guilty. (laughs) So then everybody's sitting um, quietly at the table. James attempts, attempts to, like, break the tension with the comment about the soup. And then after the dinner... We find Siegfried brings a bottle of wine for Tristan. Right. Right? Being nice. Exactly. <laughs> and he makes this gorgeous, beautiful Wonderful speech. Wonderful speech, yeah. It was amazing. It was like the nicest thing I've ever and heard that's Siegfried say. should have just stopped. He should have stopped right there. Yep. It should have just <laughs> been done, you know? And he was finally so kind. Diana mentions he seems like he's like a proud dad. Yeah. It's and, a really, it was a touching moment. Yeah. And then this, the dog starts to whine and Tristan decides that I'm going to show off. Right. That's what I'm going to do. I got these credentials. Exactly. And Margo's here. <laughs> so he um, starts showing off and he's he's cocky. He is like, he's going He's laying extra. it on real thick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was extra when doing the calving. It was all a show. And I did this. And then Siegfried is like, what are you talking about? Right. Like, did you embarrass us? That's like, that's so irresponsible. And then Tristan calls Siegfried out for putting on a show, right, with the turpentine, the purple powder. Yes, because this is the— The purple smoke. That um, he's a hypocrite. Exactly. Because he does the exact same thing. We've seen Siegfried do the exact same thing. Yes. So he calls him out. (laughs) (laughs) But Siegfried claims he gets away with it because he knows what he's doing. And then Tristan goes and— Brings out, well, I have the qualifications and certifications. And Siegfried says. Or so you think. Or so you think. I know. Tristan's smug smile, because he was very smug in that moment, it like immediately disappears. (laughs) I feel so bad for him. Your heart sinks. I mean, Margo is right at the table. He's clearly trying to impress her. But like he's really getting under Siegfried's skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he's poking. It's it's terrible. I know. Cat's out of the bag. Mrs. Hall sends everybody through. Yep. Um, and I do have because this is when they all kind of make their exit. Yeah. Helen mentions a doggy bag. And I was like, That's when that. did doggy bags ever become like what we call leftovers? And so I did a oh. very quick closer look on that. Uh, doggy bags actually 
they didn't they weren't called doggy bags then, but they originated with the ancient Romans. So they would wrap leftover food in napkins because they had these big feasts and they couldn't eat it all. So they took it home with them. <laughs> um, but the modern doggy bags came about in the 1940s, actually. So I feel like they might have jumped the gun a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, they came about as a result of World War II food shortages. And originally, pet owners were encouraged to feed their pets table scraps. So they started making doggy bags. Instead of like dog food. Right. Instead of dog food, because food could be used to feed the people, it was the table scraps you were supposed to feed your pets. So when when people started doing it for themselves, etiquette experts were appalled. (laughs) (laughs) But now they're doggy bags. And Helen says her dad loves a doggy bag. And so that's what caught my attention. I'm like, why are they called doggy bags? Anyways, so no, continue. I, I didn't know their, that. I didn't know yeah. that. That's really good. Thank you so for that. So they make their exit. <laughs> Siegfried and Tristan are both still in the dining room. So Siegfried explains, you know, Tristan failed one portion of the exam. It was so small. The white lie, like, could have been fined. But, like, right. Tristan is devastated. Right. He's, He's devastated. He's talking about how he is, like, the whole laughing stock of the whole town now. And right. this happened in front of everyone. He's been right. going around for months thinking he's certified. And telling everybody he's certified. Like, today he's been all day bragging about being certified. Exactly. And then Siegfried just didn't want to put Tristan through, like, that feeling feeling again. But then he says, you know, I've been proven right because you had the false hope of mm-hmm. knowing that you had certifications and you can do it. Right. So I'm right. Right. It's like, come on, Siegfried. His heart was in the right place, but it doesn't matter because that's a really big lie. That's a really big lie. Listen, this man needs to own up. He really does. He needs to own up <laughs> He's and annoying take responsibility. Even <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that they're both a little at fault. You know, like Tristan was poking and poking and being too cocky about it. Yeah. And then that like bursted Siegfried's bubble a little bit. And then, and then it all came out. It all came out. Yeah. Right. But Tristan just wants... Like, he just wants this Siegfried's approval. He, yeah, he wants, Siegfried's to be, he wants Siegfried to be proud of him, and he thought it finally happened. And he, I mean, he was being himself. He was being, like, he yeah. was bragging and being overconfident. But, like, it was just, it was uncomfortable. It was actually really uncomfortable it to was, watch. Yeah. <laughs> like, they did a great job acting this. They did. They did a <laughs> wonderful job acting. But, like, if Siegfried just gave... Tristan some type of praise. Yeah, along the way. Along the way. I think it would have been so much better. Right, it wouldn't have come to a head at dinner. Exactly. So I have a story where, I know, (laughs) um, where I had a previous supervisor of mine um, who even said this to me in a thing. Like, I always praised you and gave you acknowledgement for the things that you have done that were great in public. Right. And it's like, great. But never, never in, like, a one-on-one conversation. Never got any praise. Okay. So, like, I feel Tristan here. Like, I would, like, and I feel Tristan on this with... So it was, like, this performance. If you just give some praise, yeah, if you just give some praise, like, great job, pat on the back. Like, throughout the whole process, then in the end, it might not bubble up to be this huge... Well, I got to make a and, you know, big deal of it. Exactly. Yeah. At the end. So if Tr- if Siegfried just was giving Tristan praise throughout the whole thing, he might have been not trying to be overconfident or something like that. Right. Oh, yeah. True. But that then, is true. Sig- yeah. But then Siegfried goes and says at the dinner table this huge speech right. about how his awesome his Tristan big. is. Yep. In front of everyone in right. public. So I was like, oh, I feel this. <laughs> I feel you, Tristan. I'm with you. I understand. So then we cut to Tristan at the kitchen table, and he's 
He's drinking. He's taking his food in liquid form tonight. <laughs> as, <laughs> Poor uh, Tristan. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Poor Tristan. But then Mrs. Hall reassures him that, like, Siegfried's intentions, they weren't bad. He cares so much about Tristan. She's really trying to stick up for Siegfried. And Tristan's just, he's not having it. Right. He's like, you can't stick up for this man. He he did something really, really, really wrong. bad. And this it was bad. really bad. And Mrs. Hall, I think, really knows that, too, because at the end she was just like, I'm truly sorry. And that was it. Yep. Yep. And, yeah. And, and she was. <laughs> so we cut to James and Helen and... Finally. It's finally out. Finally, he tells her about the job. She's like, I already know. but <laughs> <laughs> And I just think, like, she's so graceful. She's, she like, level-headed. She's so, like, angry with him for not telling her. But, like, she holds it together. She is very level-headed. She gives him a chance to actually tell her himself. Exactly. Which and, is like, good. And, and she listens to him about how he explains, you know, how it happened. Like his mom accepted the job. Right. So, you know, and then he talks about how he's letting either side down. Like Helen, it's it's a choice. Helen and Darabee or his parents in Glasgow. Right. Like that's a huge decision to make. And Helen just goes and says, we'll just have to work something out then, won't we? Yeah. I thought it was really cute, too, that he was taking... He didn't want to put pressure on Helen. And I think Helen appreciated the fact that he thought of her in that way. Like, yeah. he didn't want to put pressure on the relationship because it's so new. Mm-hmm. That that's why it took so long to tell her. Yeah. He's such a sweetie pie. Anyways, it was a really touching moment. It and really yeah, was. Helen's so cool. She is. She's a smashing lass. She is a smashing lass. <laughs> I love that. Mrs. I know. Hall has the best. Exactly. <laughs> So we got to Tristan again drinking in the living room, but he's drinking from Siegfried's special bottle. His, his, his good stuff. His the good he's, malt. He's, he's, uh, <laughs> he's showing Siegfried, um, what, giving him a taste of his own medicine. Right. I and guess. what is Siegfried going to do? Exactly. He can't I yell mean, at, at this point. Yep. And then he just <laughs> contemplates if like ignorance was bliss. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that... not knowing what's the best thing for him. Yeah. So then James is really nice. He goes, vets don't all have certifications and qualifications, and they still do a great job. And right. you did a great job not having qualifications or the Like, you know, you can do the it. job. You yeah. know you can do this. You know you have yeah. the skills for it, so we should just do it, and you should be fine. And Tristan <laughs> goes, okay, well, let's go to Drover's to get blasted. <laughs> blasted. <laughs> and then he's like, we should have just went there in the first place. And Tristan tells him to bring the whiskey to the pub. <laughs> I'm like, it's the what? good stuff. They probably don't have the good stuff at Drovers. Mm, I might guess be so. that they don't. But have they're the going super to top. the pub. Like that's <laughs> not okay. Now maybe he's going to share with the other patrons. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. I mean, I've definitely brought like a little shot glass with me sometimes. Right. Okay, just slip it in like some orange juice or soda. I get, but it's only when it's going to charge me like fifteen dollars for a shot that cost me three at the store. Oh my gosh. Oh, my goodness. So, so yeah, he so bounces back. It, yeah, he'll bounce back and he will and, and it'll all get better. And because that's yeah. what this show is all about, yeah. family and being there for each other. Yeah, even though this was a tough episode and we actually saw Tristan cry. Yeah. It ends on kind of an up note. Yes. Like they go off to the pub and they're going to have some fun together. Yeah, brotherly love. <laughs> so is there anything you're looking forward to in the next episode? Um, I'm interested. I mean, really just seeing where the romance grows um Siegfried kind of makes a nod to Mr. Hammond in mm-hmm. this episode suggesting that maybe Mrs. Hall wants to invite someone so I'm hoping that's a clue that maybe yeah. Mr. Hammond will be back 
So we'll see. We'll yeah, see. I'm interested in all of that and to see how Tristan and Siegfried make up. And yeah, how they actually move past, past yeah. this. I think it's going to be to not talk about it and pretend it never happened because that seems to be their mode. That's a, that's a good outlook. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks again for listening to Postscript from WITF. We love watching along with you. That's right. And if there are moments you love or wonder about as you watch, share your thoughts with us at postscript at WITF.org or PS at WITF.org. This podcast was produced by Ali Amaros for WITF in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I'm Beth Capello. And I'm Christina Zeiters. We'll catch you next time. We'd like to thank Pleasant View Communities, UPMC, Murray, Argiers Marathi Neurosurgical Associates of Lancaster, and WITF members for supporting all creatures great and small on WITF. Thank you.